Section 22 of Journal of the Reverend Francis Asbury, Volume 3. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brian Keenan. Saturday, 14. I committed the remains of Abijah Rembert to the dust. He was 62 years of age, the last 16 years of which he had been a member of society. He was visited by, and greatly blessed under, the word at camp meeting. In his last illness he was patient, happy, and confident. He died in the Lord. I was unwell on the Sabbath day, but wrote a long letter to Freeborn Garretson. My soul greatly rejoiceth in the Lord, and exults in the prosperity of Zion. Brother Crawford preached in the morning, and I lectured in the evening in Rampart Hall. On Monday I wrote to elders Broadhead and Chandler. This week, writing letters and reading Howise's Church History. By this work, I learn it is the author's opinion that the evangelists were chief, superintending Episcopal men. I, so say I. And that they prescribed forms of discipline and systematized codes of doctrine. After the death of the apostles, it would appear that the elders elected the most excellent men to superintend. This course was doubtless the most expedient and excellent. Every candid inquirer after truth will acknowledge, upon reading church history, that it was a great and serious evil introduced, when philosophy and human learning were taught as a preparation for a gospel ministry. Hitherto, says our author, in his observations on the close of the second century, not a man of eminence for science or letters had appeared in the church. All of this time, whose works have come down to us, give thereby no evidence of human attainments. They bear the stamp of simplicity. Yet by these the gospel had been supported in its purity, spreading it by their labors to the ends of the earth. And these were they who helped to fill the bloody ranks of the noble army of martyrs. On the Sabbath day I preached a funeral sermon for Abijah Rembert. There is a revival in the society here, so much for camp meetings. I am now in the fortieth year of my labors in the ministry. Thirty-four years of this time have been spent in America, counting from October 28, 1771, to October 28, 1805. On the Christmas Day I preached at Rembert's Chapel. My subject, 1 Timothy 3.16. Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness, etc. 1. I gave a pastoral introduction. 2. A brief explanation of godliness, the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus, confidence in God, love to Him, fear of offending Him. To this were added a few thoughts on the six cases in the text. It was not a pleasant season. Christmas Day is the worst in the whole year on which to preach Christ, at least to me. George Doherty informs me that the wife of John Randall, upon P.D., known by the name of Dumb John, died in great peace and joy, after a thirty years' profession of religion amongst the Baptists and Methodists. Safe anchorage, clear gains. But I have similar accounts from various parts. My soul triumphs in the triumphant deaths of these saints. Glory be to God. Thursday 26. I rested and read, and on Friday rode into Camden. 
I was favored with a number of letters giving accounts of revivals of religion. Saturday employed my pen. Sabbath day I preached. Monday 30. We opened our conference. January 4, 1806. We closed our conference in great peace and order. No murmurs about the stations from preachers or people. Since we came here, we have had 26 sermons, one of which I preached upon 1 Timothy 4.12. Let no man despise thy youth. Brother Watcote ordained the deacons. We see no immediate fruit of our labors, but doubtless we shall hear of it, following our many prayers night and day. Monday 6. Seven of us came away in company to Mr. Evans's, Lynch's Creek, and next day I parted from Brother M. Kendry, bending my course to Jerningham's in Anson County, North Carolina. North Carolina. On Wednesday we crossed Wells Ferry after waiting an hour. A snowstorm kept with us from P.D. to Rockingham. Here the people would have assembled, but there was a wedding afoot. This is a matter of moment, as some men have but one during life, and some find that one to have been one too many. On Thursday a cold, cold ride of twenty miles without stopping was as much as we could well bear. After warming we took the road again and came to Smith's twelve miles. This week we have had heat for the first of June, and cold and snow for January. On Friday we reached Fayetteville, putting up with John Lumsden near the African church. I felt that I had taken a deep cold. I was busy on Saturday in answering letters. Joseph Crawford, that he might not be idle, preached to the Africans in the evenings. Sabbath Day 12. Unwell. Nevertheless, I took the pulpit. Monday morning, we made a start for Wilmington, and came to the Widow Anderson's, 46 miles. Next day we took the roundabout way by the bridges and made 45 miles. To ride 91 miles within daylight, in two days, kept us busy. But we are safe in Wilmington. My affliction upon my breast was great. Wednesday 15. We rest. It is very cold. Ice in the tubs and pails. Sabbath Day 19. I preached on that great subject, Colossians 1, 27-28. We had about 1,500 hearers in our house of worship, 66 by 33 feet, galleried all around. There may be 5,000 souls in Wilmington, one-fourth of which number, it may be, were present. Joseph Crawford preached in the afternoon and at night. I gave order for the completion of the tabernacle and dwelling house, according to the charge left me by William Meredith. Monday 20. On our way to Newburn, we stopped with Mr. Nixon at Topsail. His house and heart are always open to the faithful ministers of Christ. I have been greatly afflicted with cold, but exceedingly happy in God. I live in love. On Tuesday, we had a solitary ride to Lot Ballard's New River. Hail Prosperity. The chapel shaded. A revival amongst white and black. Lot lives in Jerusalem. Wednesday 22. A heavy storm of rain. 
I wrote to Eli Perry's son of John. Here is a son of faith and prayer. I walked with his dear good father. Now I trust in the paradise of God. I met Elder Bruce. All our talk is, what hath God wrought? In Beaufort, the Lord hath put forth his power. The whole town seems disposed to bow to the scepter of the Lord Jesus, after being left and visited again, within the last twenty years, by his faithful ministers. Thursday 23. We came into Newburn, twenty-three miles. The prospects here are good. The providence of God was manifested in our preservation today. Our horses took fright whilst in the wagon, and went off like fire. They happily struck and locked a wheel on a poplar. The swingle tree snapped, no more. Less damage, if any, could scarcely have been done. Saturday 25. I have read the Jewish Antiquities. I have read Mungo Park's Travels in Africa. Certain parts are so extraordinary that it appeared like a romance. If true, he experienced astonishing hardships. It would seem by this narrative that the Africans are in a state so wretched that any sufferings with the gospel would be submitted to in preference. But I have my doubts. Sabbath Day 26 I preached upon Hebrews 10, 37-39. It was a time and a testimony that was felt. Monday 27 It is as pleasant as May. The rivers are very low. We came with great ease to Washington and lodged one night. Joseph Crawford did not let that awful town go unwarned. On Tuesday we took the road and came to James Williams's on Tranter's Creek. G. Floyd died in the Lord a few days ago. He was a man of affliction and a man of God, but not a preacher. At the New Chapel I spoke on Wednesday on 1 Peter 3.14. I was very warm upon death, the resurrection, judgment, and glory. I visited Brother Gnois and saw Sister Hinton and the Widow Williams, on their way to glory. Thursday 30. We came very pleasantly to Williamstown. I was afflicted with a severe pain in my foot. On Friday I was busy planning, but in pain. Saturday, February 1. We came twenty miles to the Widow Williams's near Taylor's Ferry. On the Sabbath I preached on Acts 17, 30-31. Now he commandeth all men everywhere to repent. 1. The nature of repentance, the whole of religion. 2. The universality of repentance. All orders, stations, characters must repent. 3. The possibility of and the provision made for repentance, the gift of Christ, the death of Christ, the agency of the Spirit, the preaching of the gospel. The means of grace. 4. Necessity of repentance, from the considerations of the fall and our own actual transgressions, a future state, and general judgment. 5. The time for repentance, now, this gospel day of grace. Monday 3. We lodged at B. Pinners on the east side of Roanoke, Northampton County. 
Tuesday 4. We lodged at the Widow Meredith's in Murfreesburg. We crossed Manu's Ferry next day and came to the Widow Baker's, Knotty Pine. Thursday 6. I preached at Daniel Southall's, Gates Courthouse. My subject was Revelations 3, 5. I was pleased to see so many come out upon so short a notice. May they overcome. From Camden to Gates Courthouse I compute 480 miles. Friday 7. We came to Edenton. At Joshua Manning's. Saturday, rested and read and wrote. I begin to prepare my mind and my papers for the conference. On the Sabbath I preached in the courthouse upon 2 Corinthians 5.20. Monday 10. We started and came rapidly along, calling to see Martin Ross, a Baptist minister, by the way. We lodged with Colonel Hamilton, Elizabeth City. On Tuesday we reached James Wilson's, Northwest Roads, Norfolk County. It takes many jolts to ride 100 miles over rough roads in two days and a half. I called upon John Hodges. I feel seriously for his soul's welfare. I saw the grave of Sister Wilson. These were profitable visits to me. Virginia, Friday 14. Virginia Conference began in Norfolk, progressed peaceably, and ended on Thursday. One member opposed all petitions from the people for conference sittings. He also condemned all epistles from the sister conferences as being too long and pompous, and as likely to make innovations. He dictated an epistle himself by way of sample, to show how epistles ought to be written. The Committee of Addresses wrote one too, but it was rejected as being too much like that of the objecting member, whose epistle was rejected as being too much like himself. The conference voted that none should be sent. Strange that such an affair should occupy the time of so many good men. Religion will do great things, but it does not make Solomon's. We had preaching more noon and night, large congregations and many souls engaged. We have reason to hope that nearly one hundred souls were under the operations of grace. I ordained two elders and Brother Watcote twelve deacons. We have a rich supply of preachers for every circuit, and an addition of 2,398 in numbers, exclusive of the dead, expelled, withdrawn, and removed. Friday 21. We came away to Suffolk, next day came to Gerard Wills's Isle of Wight. On Sunday at Blunt's Chapel, I spoke on Hebrews 13.13. 13. It was not a great meeting. I have not had a good night's rest until last night, for the last twenty days. During the sitting of conference, five hours were as much as I could get in the twenty-four. I feel happy in God continually. Monday 24 We came to Bernard Majors, Surrey County, on Tuesday to Petersburg, and Wednesday to Richmond. I had no time to preach, but Joseph Crawford gave them a sermon in each place. On Thursday we left the capital and came on to Lyons, Carolyn. On Friday got to Fredericksburg. Saturday, March 1. 
we rode to Brother Samford's, Poik, within twelve miles of Alexandria. Cold for certain. Sunday, Brother Watcoat preached in the forenoon and myself in the afternoon in Alexandria. The cold was great and the wind piercing. On Monday, we rode to Georgetown. Maryland, Tuesday 4. I preached. My subject was, Godliness is profitable unto all things. It was a feeling quickening time to myself and others. Wednesday 5. I was employed in writing to the missionaries in the Mississippi Territory. Company does not amuse. Congress does not interest me. I am a man of another world, in mind and calling. I am Christ's, and for the service of his church. Some years past I called at Mr. M's in Calvert County. I acted as I do in all houses. Now I have found one of his sons a member of the Georgetown Society. Does God always hear prayer and answer it? If it is in the Spirit's groaning, and in purity of intention, and in faith, doubtless he does. Friday 7. We set out to Spurrier's. All my old friends are dead or removed. Saturday brought us to Baltimore. Sunday at Light Street, my subject was Colossians 1.28. At the African Church, Colossians 1, 9-12. Monday 10. Rested, wrote, and received friends. Tuesday 11. My mind is wholly for God. What hath the Lord wrought, and what is he still doing? Scarcely a letter from anyone that does not tell us good news of the work of God, as our yearly letter-book will testify. Friday 14. Our conference began in great peace. Friday 21. The stations were read off and all concluded in great peace. Never had we a better conference in Baltimore. An answer was given to Dr. Koch's letter, I fear in a manner that will not please him. An order was passed that the answer should be presented to all the annual conferences. It was also recommended to the annual conferences to consider on the propriety of having a select, delegated conference. The Eastern, Western, and Southern conferences were counseled to take such measures as they, in their wisdom, might see best, to produce a more equal representation from their several bodies to the general conference. On the Sabbath, 16th, I preached at Fells Point. My subject, Isaiah 61, 1. For Zion's sake I will not hold my peace. Introduction. Zion. The interests and welfare of the church. Jerusalem. The interests of the state. General propositions. On what principles we should calculate the true interests of the church and state. Who are concerned? What are the ways and means, and what the instruments to be used for the promotion of their welfare? At Old Town I also gave them a talk. My subject, Psalm 51. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted to thee. On Thursday we had an ordination of elders. I preached on the occasion. My subject was 1 Peter 5, 1-4. The work of God went on in all the four congregations, night and day. There might be thirty souls converted, but I hope we had one hundred under the operations of grace.
we had nearly 90 members on the conference list, 83 of whom were stationed. On Saturday I went to Perry Hall to enjoy a calm after such a storm of labor. Sunday 23. I preached at Perry Hall, and after the snow ceased, came away to Joseph Dallam's, 20 miles. Tuesday 25. We crossed Susquehanna, calm and cold. Dined at Howell's North, and lodged at Mr. Moody's, having called in for a minute at Back Creek. By riding a little in the night, we have made little short of fifty miles today. Wednesday 26. I preached at Georgetown Crossroads. Ah, there is death in the pot here. I rode on to Chestertown. On Thursday I spoke in the new neat chapel in Kent, and was long and labored. I visited Cavill Hinson. After a twenty years' separation, we who were left were comforted in God together. I have made twenty-four miles today, feeble and afflicted with a cold and sore throat, but happy in God. The appointment for Friday at Centerville was filled by Bishop Watcote. After dining with Thomas Wright, I rode on to Mr. Lockerman's. I preached at Easton on Saturday. My subject, Romans fourteen nineteen. Let us follow after the things that make for peace, etc. In their estimate of the things of the world, as also of the ceremonials of religion, men will widely differ. These objects, to a divinely illuminated mind, are not worth the dispute they frequently occasion. But the things most worthy of all our attention, and our most engaged and diligent following after, are the things that make for peace, and promote the soul's edification. And these are the great things of God, the love of God, the death of Christ, the operations of His Spirit, and the deep things of God, respecting sanctification and eternal glory. I stay at Captain Fraser's, Carolyn County. My hoarseness is afflictive, but my soul is filled with God. Sabbath 30. A very dry season. My mind was greatly engaged for a spiritual reign, and temporal also. The Chesapeake district so far is not promising. The people's minds are agitated about stationed preachers, some for and some against. The devil would rather they would do something worse than disagree. But this to him is better than nothing. I only exhorted a little at Fraser's Chapel, and after meeting rode home with Thomas Foster, of the old Stamp and Steady. Monday 31. I rode down to Cambridge and preached at eleven o'clock. My subject, Psalm 51, 9, 10. I felt assisted. Tuesday, April 1. We returned to Thomas Foster's. I saw Joseph Everett, feeble but faithful, impatient waiting for his Lord. Delaware, Wednesday 2. At Brown's Chapel I spoke on 2 Corinthians 6, 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. 1. The Gospel Dispensation. 2. The Revival of Religion. 3. The Operations of Grace in Enabling Believers to Make Advances in the Divine Life. This was the grand point urged, to wit, 
that God giveth grace to prepare for more. Grace for grace. Convictions for sin that they may repent. Repentance that they may believe. Justification that they may be convinced of indwelling sin. This convincement will evidence to believers the necessity of sanctification. From whence follow faithfulness unto death and the crown of glory. The work of God revives. The chapel will soon be neatly finished. The second generation are filling the house and joining their labors to what myself and their fathers did in the days of their fathers. I lodged at Brother Davis's. They have built a good chapel at Deep Creek. I exhorted here on Thursday after Joseph Crawford had preached. We dined at Brother Baker's and came on to Salisbury, Maryland. Here the work revives. Joseph Crawford preached. I was unwell. Virginia, Friday 4. We came to William Downing's, Virginia. At Downing's Chapel, I spoke on Revelations 2.10. After sermon, we rode to Accomac and lodged at Mr. Seymour's. Here, Joseph Crawford preached in the evening. Sunday 6. That no time might be lost, we started away at 8 o'clock in the morning to Brother Watts's, 27 miles. My subject was Isaiah 33, 14-16. The sinners in Zion are afraid, etc. I preached in the courthouse, Accomac. It was an alarming season. The cold was great, and the winds are high. No rain. It is judgment weather. O Lord, arise. Monday 7. At Snow Hill, my subject was Hebrews 3, 12-14. A blessed rain came on before sermon and continued after it. We rode 15 miles to Brother Hazard's, Poplar Town, State of Delaware. Delaware, Tuesday 8. We rode 40 miles to Broad Kiln Town. I spoke on 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Wednesday 9. I preached at Milford and then rode on to Dover and took up Father Watcote. On the way he was taken with a fit of the gravel, and I was afraid would die. I preached in Dover next day. We afterward rode to Duck Creek Crossroads in a snowstorm. Here the people are all very fervent, and the children praise the Lord. Joseph Crawford preached. Friday 11. We came in on as cold a day as one would wish who was fond of extremes, to Wilmington, 40 miles. Ah, but I must preach. Well, I gave them a sermon at seven o'clock. The Africans here have a house to themselves, of stone, and equal in size to that of the whites. Pennsylvania. Saturday 12 brought us to Philadelphia. From Baltimore round by the eastern shore hither has cost us, by computation, 550 miles. I have been greatly supported in body and mind. Glory be to God. End of section 22. Recording by Brian Keenan.